Hey, it's Cole talking back for another episode. The goal of this podcast is to help us open our hands from what we think we know and embrace depth and a life of creativity. And so each episode, we kind of delve into some ideas and look at maybe commonly held beliefs and then explore some alternative points of view and some deeper understanding on each of those. We're right now in a four-episode series on the economy. Yesterday, we talked about kind of the end goal of capitalism being profit and what that means. Yesterday, I talked about something that I want to reinforce today. I recognize that there are some amazing people and companies that exist in the world. And there are some people who are out to do some really amazing and wonderful things. So in no way are these four episodes an attempt to indict everyone involved in business or the capitalist system. There are some really great principles, but I also think there are some alternative perspectives that it would be really helpful for us to take a look at as we move into the future, rather than us being reactive when it comes to our economic realities. I think there's a lot of benefit of looking into the future and being proactive when it comes to us thinking about technology and the economy. And that's what we'll talk about today, the effects of technology on our economy. This past election season, there was a lot of talk about the return of manufacturing jobs to the U.S. And yesterday we talked about kind of one of the main goals of companies in a a capitalist system is the pursuit of profit. And so it causes us to ask the question, why did jobs leave the U.S. in the first place? And the answer is profit. Overseas, there are countries with far less regulation, which means that workers can work longer hours at lower pay, and therefore it costs less money to manufacture goods, and therefore there's a higher profit margin. And jobs have left the U.S. and gone overseas because they can, products can be made less expensively there. And so the question is, when will jobs return to the U.S.? And I think the answer is jobs will return to the U.S. when they can be done by a machine less expensively than they can be done by a worker in a foreign country. And so this promise of the return of manufacturing jobs to the U.S., I think, honestly, it's an an inevitability because the moment we can cut out international shipping costs from the cost of a good, companies will do so because, again, the goal is to maximize profit. And if you can lower shipping costs, you can obviously maximize profit. But on the other flip side, the return of manufacturing jobs to the U.S. uh, don't promise to make a better landscape for low-wage workers because jobs, manufacturing jobs, will return to the U.S. when they can be done by machines less expensively they can be than they can be done by foreign workers currently. And this idea of technology replacing workers, first, let me just say, I'm pro-technology. It's integrated into my life every day. It makes a lot of my tasks way easier. It does some really great things for me. The fact that I can record this podcast and deliver it to you over the internet is thanks to technology. So I think we can embrace technology. I don't think that technology is inherently bad, but I do think technology has some significant implications on the working class of America, and we need to think about them. Because what we see is that 
Jobs are already being replaced by machines. And we see more of it happening on a regular basis. The idea of drivers for hire, a taxi cab or an Uber car, those jobs in the next decade most likely will be done less expensively, more safely, and more efficiently by machines than they are currently being done by humans. And it behooves companies who, again, their bottom line is to maximize profit, to move those jobs to machine, to mechanized, mechanized jobs than labor jobs. Another area that we see this already happening is in the hourly fast food worker realm. Um, you know, the, the idea of minimum wage that, again, we'll talk about tomorrow as we talk about the plight of the worker. The moment those jobs can be mechanized and done by machines less expensively than they can be done by people, that's when companies will choose to replace those workers by machines. Even some jobs that are jobs that people aspire to currently, jobs that we don't even think of as low wage, jobs like computer programming, we're already seeing that developers are creating software, creating technologies that can develop software solutions more quickly and more efficiently than their human programming counterparts. And not only there are, are, is, are there software solutions to developing new programs, those software programs have the ability to refine themselves over and over and over again as they acquire new data. And there's lots of examples of these. There are examples in, in the flow of systems, how systems operate, uh, and how systems begin operating more efficiently because we're building intelligent software that refines itself and learns as the software operates in, in performing its task. Another area we see this, much like the driver for hire model, is in trucking. There are lots and lots of people in our culture who make a living by the shipping of goods, getting them from one place to another. And as technology advances, we will see the elimination of those jobs because, again, those jobs can be done more efficiently, less expensively, and more safely by machines than they can be done by humans. And so we have lots of segments of our our American economy and our global economy that as technology becomes more intelligent and more capable, we'll see jobs replaced by machines. And again, there are some really great things about that. But what are the long-term and even the short-term and immediate effects of our economy? It means that we have a working class who has less opportunity for work. And as we talk about the plight of the worker tomorrow, we'll talk about as those jobs go away, what do we do? How do we respond? And not only does the implementation of technology in our economy affect the lower working class, it also obviously affects those at the upper tiers of our economy, those who own businesses, those who uh, hire other people for manufacturing jobs, the people who own the companies and the people who own the machines. At the top of this episode, I talk about I talked about technocrats, and that's a kind of a term that's been coined recently to imply, uh, you know, the the upper class of people who work in technological fields who uh, will amass wealth and have and are amassing wealth as the result of their uh, their use of and ownership of technologies. 
And so what we see happening is the elimination of jobs for the lower class and essentially the elimination of even some jobs for the middle class as uh, fewer and fewer people own the technologies and are able, therefore, to acquire more and more of the wealth. And I don't think we're looking at this as a woe-is-me doomsday reality. But I do think that the implementation of technology, the growth and advancement of technology does have some significant effects on our economy. And to me, it says that we're not even aware of a lot of the effects of these things because of the conversations that we're having. Because of the conversation that was so prevalent in this political season of the idea of Trump returning manufacturing jobs from overseas to America, it says that we're out of touch with where our economy is going. And not going 40 years from now, going in the short term, very soon how the economy is changing right now around us, that manufacturing jobs don't need to come back to America and aren't the solution to our problems because eventually they will come back to America and they'll be done by by machines and will eliminate international shipping costs. And so what does this say to us? What are some of the solutions and what are some of the things we do as the result of it? Tomorrow we'll be talking about the plight of the worker and then in the fourth podcast episode of this series we'll talk about What are some of those solutions? What are some of the questions we can be asking? And potentially, what are some of the things that we can do in our economic systems and some of the perspectives that we can take hold of to ensure a thriving future for us all? So subscribe to this podcast. I'd love to hear from you uh, around this podcast or other ideas that we've been talking about, thoughts you have about the economy. You can tweet at me at Cole Neesmith. Follow me on Instagram at the same handle or find me on Facebook. I'd love to connect with you and subscribe to this podcast. See you soon.